You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Archery Unfiltered, the show that cuts out all the nonsense and gets right to the core of what it takes to make you a better archer. What's happening, fuckos? It's your friendly neighborhood, Archery Unfiltered here. Um, We got a good episode for you guys today. Uh, It's an episode that I've been wanting to do for a long time and uh this gentleman hit me up recently and said he had some stuff to say <clears throat> it's pretty cool um it's the infamous mark rubio and he you know he's been listening to my show and he's saying you know hey you know you say some good stuff you got some stuff on your show that's you know not 100 percent and he, he's going to come on and set the record straight. Tell us how, how to get good at archery. Just like the, you know, everyone that comes on, that's the number one thing I'm going to ask them. How do you practice? You know, l- less less so about setup now. I think there's enough information on bow setups that we all pretty much know how to set up a bow. But now the big thing is, at least the thing that's scratching my brain is... I don't even know if that's the right way to say it, but the thing that's got me, my curiosity peaked is how people practice and how people get better. Um, especially since talking to Sean Elza and Blake Jerome, you know, you kind of see that there's, there's different ways to, to go about this. Uh, there's ways to make improvements and Mark is no different. Mark Rubio, as you guys know, is just an absolute Northern California juggernaut. He, you know, at any event, any event Mark is in, he is in the running to podium, at very least, if not win it. So it's really cool that he gave up some time on his Saturday to come and, you know, or, you know, make time to talk to me on the phone. And, you know, we got an episode going. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Anytime Mark Rubio is talking, it's always a good time to listen. I've learned plenty from him. He's always been open to teaching me stuff. And uh, I'm a big fan of his, always have been, and I continue to be to this day. So, that will be in a little bit. Um, let me see. New podcast topics. Have you guys seen the new Hoyt bow? Hoyt. Uh, bringing the, you know, I don't know if it's a prototype or bringing the newest bow to the last ASA. There's pictures of it up. It looks like Hoyt. I mean, they went binary cam, right? Um... So there's no more yoke cable, which is cool. The bottom half of this new bow looks exactly like the Invicta. And then it changes at right about above the grip, right? It looks exactly like a PSE. <laughs> it's got a roller guard on it. Um, so that, you know, the changes are, they went away with the slide, uh, the cable slide. It's got the roller guard. They went binary, there's no more yoke tuning. I pray, I hope and pray that they have more adjustment in their top cam than they do in their hunting bows with their shim kit. Uh, you know, 
I had heard Hoyt was moving towards some kind of top hat like system. Really, what it is, this is just a shim kit. Which is what the top hat system is, but the top hat system, you know, you guys know, when you put a top hat in, it stays put. If you're putting shims in, if you're shimming your cam left or right and there's no top hat system, you're like trying to trap a shim while you thread an axle through. It's all kinds of nonsense. Um, with that being said, I am shooting a Hoyt. I did shim the cam. Uh, I got it done. It wasn't. 100% easy, but I did the shit, and it shoots great. Um, I'm going to take it out for a little spin today and do some shooting. So, uh, that's Hoyt's new bow. You know, with the last couple years, every bow that's come out... I Okay, I'll hand it to Hoyt. The Invicta was different. It is a different bow than the Podium, or than the podium and the Prevail. Um, but they all look so similar... You know, especially, I mean, with Matthews lately, just releasing the same bow, different lengths, different axle axles and all that. I hate to say it, but PSE is one of the companies that actually makes different, like, from bow to bow, they look rather different. <laughs> the geometry is rather different. All that stuff. Um, it seems like most companies are just doing slight tweaks on the bow they already got. And maybe it's because of, you know, the cost to, to engineer something. You know, if you're going to make something that has new limb geometry, you got to source, you got to design and source a new limb, all that crap. I, I understand that, but, man, I can't really get excited for the new Hoyt. I'm, I'm, my fingers are crossed to get all boned up about the new Matthews, but I doubt, you know, if you just go by statistics, Matthews going to release the same shit, maybe 37 and a half inch axle axle. But we'll see. I've been wrong, you know, eight out of ten times on this show. I would like to be wrong again. Uh, again. So, let's see. Uh, if I could say, I mean, I know no one in the industry listens to this show. This show is a shooter-based podcast. So, most of the people that listen to this are shooters. Correct me, you know, agree with me or disagree here, people. What we want is something different. Right? From year to year. I don't want last year's bow with like an added doodad screwed under the side. I want a new bow. Show me a new bow. Show me something. Show me that you guys have been thinking about it. And then maybe, part of me thinks, well, maybe these engineers and stuff have all figured out what is optimal, you know? And so they don't want to stray from what's optimal because it took so much work to find this thing. But I knew, you know, back when I played paintball back in the day, every year, the, the gun was different. You know, X, Y, and Z brand gun was different. And they they pushed the envelope every year. Seems like archery, just like minor tweaks. That new RX-7, that was new. Hoyt really did something with that bow. I dig that. Their hunting bow, the uh, Altus, looks a lot like their older hunting bow. But, you know, they got the Picatinny rail. They got the rail on the back. They got... A low stabilizer bushing. That's some cool stuff. But, man, the archery industry is just notorious for recycling shit, isn't it? I really hope, I really hope we start seeing some some new stuff. Some innovation coming up. I mean real innovation, not this, you know, we're going from seven cables to three cables and we're going to call it innovation. Or, or, oh, the new Elite Bow. The new Elite Bow that came out. Looks cool, right? Looks indistinguishable from the last bow, the Echelon. And I know Elite guys are going to be like, Wendell, you're way wrong on that. This thing looks totally different. Dude, maybe. 
maybe it's just me being lazy at looking at stuff, but if you took the last three elite bows, I think it was the uh, the Revol XL, the Echelon, and then this new bow, and you just lined them all up, they all look identical almost. So maybe they figured it out too, but man, I just know, I know consumers want something different. They don't want the same thing over and over again. They don't want to run out and buy, like, especially now when the economy is shit, no one has any money to be thrown around, but we're going to be pressured through media to buy the next big thing. If you don't, if you want, like, well, I don't know. I don't know how many people are going to run out and buy the next big thing because archers tend to do that, whether or not they have the money. So, I don't know, it's just my little side rant. You know, it's not not horribly important. Um, but those are two new products. Hoyt's got a new bow coming out, Target Bow. Elite's got their Target Bow out. Um, XL has released a scope called the AVX. Um, I have an AV31, I believe. And uh, I enjoy the XL scope, it's awesome. I also like the Shrewd uh, scopes, I'm pretty open about that. Uh, not sponsored by either. Um, but their new AVX is kind of like their version of the Shrewd Optum or the Shrewd Nomad series where it's like, a, I don't want to say modular, but it's basically a scope that you can build and customize any which way you want. You can add, you know, multiple sunshades, you can add, you know, focus rings, you could add a pin here, a lens here, all that crap. You can build this scope out like that. So, Oh, if you guys remember, how much did the Shrewd cost? Ooh, let's see, the Shrewd was about, I want to say it was like $95 for the scope. And then all the accessories were running about $15 to $30. So every sunshade is about $15 to $30. Bucks. And, you know, you can build off of that, right? The AVX is like $290. Holy crap. That's the other thing. Everything, in, is this because our economy is bad? Why everything is so expensive? This is 290 bucks for a scope. That's madness. I mean, I guess the Ultraview scopes are very pricey too, but man, it, I, I feel it. I feel the sting. I don't know if it's our economy or the inflation or what, but I feel it. I've, I literally feel too broke to buy this stuff. And if this stuff was radically different, I would be more apt to do it. You know, but I guess... Me being a crashy old man, it's just not coming around. Anyway, that's the little bit of rant for the news and archery, right? New products are getting released right now. Um, I think Hoyt's official launch date for that new bow is sometime this month. Might be next month. Uh, you guys hang tight, and we'll wait and see what that's all about. Um, aside from that, I got a couple episodes lined up, guys. We're getting some good stuff here. Archery Unfiltered ain't dead yet. All right, so uh, hang tight. And enjoy these podcasts. I hope, I truly hope these help you guys. I should stay, I'm not going to be able to say it during the the interview because it's already long and done, but the show is brought to you by DB Custom Coatings, Darren and Beck Crevea out of Napa, California. They Cerakote bows. They do damn good work too. Uh, Darren can do everything from like a distressed brush look to the American flag, you know. I really want someone to get like the second amendment on their bow and Ask Darren to do that. <laughs> Fucking sick. Um, but anyway, that, that Darren and Bet, good friends of mine. The Cerakote bows, they do great work. I've had some amazing bows in the past done by them. 
And uh, Carbon Craft Stabilizers is the other sponsor of this show. My friend, Brian Webb, down in Fresno at Impact Archery, he builds the Carbon Craft Stabilizer. It is, by my account, the best stabilizer you can get. It's light, stiff, it's no bullshit. You can order them from Brian Webb at Impact Archery, or you can call Rudy Sandoval at West Coast Archery, and he'll get an order going for you. Um, I got bars. <laughs> I love them. You know, I'm not, um, I'm not one to shill too hard on stuff. You guys know I'm like, a, I'm sponsored by Gold Tip. How often do I shill Gold Tip? How much do I put Gold Tip in your face, huh? Hardly ever. Hardly ever. So, anyway, guys, uh, enjoy this episode. All right, Mark Rubio, the dude's a legend, and uh, I think he is, he's a dude that we can all strive to be like just a little bit, you know? Everywhere from being a pool hustler to giving Rudy Sandoval some shit. This guy has it all. All right? All right, guys. Enjoy. Peace. One. All right. I got Mark Rubio with us. How's it going, Mark? It's going. It's Saturday morning. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just chilling right now. Chilling? That's not an old yeah. term. What, what do you... What do you uh... all right, I thought you were going to get ready to go hunting. Oh, no. I'm doing that, too. I, I mean, I've been slowly but surely getting all my stuff together. Uh, we leave next Saturday, so... Where are you guys uh, going? I, uh, we got our tags for up in the Nevada, in the 101 through 108, I Ooh. believe is what it is. Uh-huh. Yeah, up in up in the Ruby Mountains, it'll be fun. Oh, that's awesome! Who are you going yeah. with? Uh, well, you know the usual expendable guys. Yeah, uh, my, Ra- myself, Ra- Randy Long, uh-huh. Randy Long, Doug uh, Rosin, and uh, another friend of mine, Roy Hoagland. Oh yeah, yeah. So we're all heading up together. We're gonna. Get there and uh, hook up with the horse packer. He's going to load us up, haul us into the place, and uh-huh. then drop us off for like nine days of hunting. Hey, let me ask, Mark. Are you putting a lens on your hunting bow, or are you running it just a pin? I just run pins. Yeah. I, I, don't even have a, I don't even have a slider sight on my hunting bow. A lot of guys are running that now, and I'm, I'm still old school with five pins. And, five pins? And five pins in a bubble. And what, what do you go, 20 to 60 or 20 to 80 or what? 20 to 60, my bubble's at 84, only because I tested to figure out where the bubble is. I'll be damned. All right. Yep. All right. It's something for me to work on. And yeah. what, well, uh, no, I mean, it, it, most guys, like I said, most guys are running the slider sites now, I it, whether it be the old spot hog, um, you know, the hog fathers or whatnot, or like the new landslide. Landslide, yeah. Yeah, the landslide that here is pretty cool. So, it's fancy. Uh, I, I, yeah, I haven't, I haven't played with that yet, but uh, my thing is, for hunting <laughs> is is i get buck fever something terrible so <laughs> i don't think i would have I, I i would be so out of it trying to dial my sight to figure out where the hell i'm gonna hit whereas uh-huh. at least i got i got five pins to choose from if i'd range it and figure out where i'm at i just it's just easier to I, get up there and let one fly. and go yeah and let one go because i'm not you know i might shoot targets with a um a scope and you know, be able to dial in at 101 yards and shoot Bigfoot. But uh-huh. yeah, if there's a buck standing there at 101 yards, I, I, I doubt the pin would even settle anywhere near him. <laughs> oh, I know that feeling, dude. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it doesn't look like a pin. It looks like a line. It's just moving so fast. It's, just, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, but oh. that's why I do it. That's why I do it. So that's a good you know. one. I, I've always said yeah. um, that my bubbles got it. Like I'm shaking so bad. My bubbles got white caps on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same thing. Yep, same thing. Oh well, dude. Uh, you know, you'd mentioned shooting Bigfoot at a hundred, and that you know we get into target. You know, I 
you know, the show's mainly Target, but I'm, I've had a, a bunch of people be like, hey, let's, you know, let's dip into hunting, and, and now I'm getting so tired with, you know, uh, trying to crank out podcasts all the time that I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do some hunting stuff. That'll be fun. But I wanted to go over Target stuff with you, and for a lot of people that either don't know you or don't remember you, I had interviewed you. I think you were like my first guest on the show a long time ago. And I was so nervous that it was just a lot of me like flashing through a bunch of questions. Uh, well, and, and we were and we were at the which one was it the grape steaks or yeah. I, I think it was the grape steaks or something like that. So and it was in between. It was like lunch hour, which was only like forty minutes. So we were kind of yeah, kind of rushed. We kind of rushed through it anyways. Yeah, I mean, I I thought you were great. I'm just I get so nervous, you know. I got nervous talking. All the guests I get nervous too, you know, talking to. So I'm starting to warm up to it now, about 80 episodes in. But, <laughs> um, you know, I think I want to go over your shooting resume here just so everyone who either doesn't know you or, I mean, everyone knows you, but I mean, just to add some validity here, you're an a ex national champion in the field archery game. Uh, and you were the current king of the outlaw, right? Well, that's not technically no. Technically they, no. They they, well, they didn't have a. They didn't. We didn't have a, a individual a solo individual king of the outlaw. They did that in the past, and uh-huh. they just decided not to do it anymore. Uh-huh. It was just more of a headache. But uh, I mean, if if you were to look at the way I shot this year in terms of uh, overall. Uh, consistency uh-huh. and where i landed at most of the shoots yeah i would think that but uh but they're not officially no oh okay all right I, I thought they uh i thought i thought we gave it to you at the end of the in nevada city i thought there was like a little award thing at the end for not for not just for just for the, the just teams. for the teams just for the teams. Okay. just for the teams all right but yeah you would have been the king a solo king by a long shot this year um and so you know aside from that you hold. You still have the standing record for the uh, amateur class um, for field archery. For field, yes. Is that nuts? Like watching every time field archery comes through. Are you? Are you just? It's, got, <laughs> it, it, it's still. The, somebody's got to break it. It's. It, it's. It's there to be broken. There's. There's plenty of room. I mean, it's. It's two down. You know, five. It's a. It's a five fifty eight. So it's two down on uh-huh. the field round. And I just keep waiting. It's like somebody's going to come along and crush it. But no one's broken and, it, dude. I know no one has. Uh, Danny Button, which uh, uh-huh. that kid is, he's been around. He's 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 a he's probably like your age, I think. I, Danny I've is. shot with Dan Button a handful of times. Yeah, super 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 nice guy. Super and nice. And he he is he goes to field nationals every year, and he actually tied the record. Uh, I think in nineteen. Uh-huh. I think in two thousand nineteen, he tied it, but he hasn't broke it yet. Damn. So. Yeah, and I keep thinking, oh, Danny's going to do it. Danny's going to do it. Just like I keep thinking Danny's going to, you know, win. Uh-huh. And he's just he's, – he's, he's second and third, and I keep waiting for him to win. He deserves it. Yeah. He's working his ass off and doing it. He's there doing it all the time. He's up there. He's always up there. You know, yeah, if, he is. if not winning it outright, at least he's up there. He's he's a very consistent uh, guy. Super nice yep. guy, too. I think that's one of yep. the nicest dudes I met when I shot field nationals. I, I think um, – I shot in his group like the first couple days. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. He's a beast. So yep, he is. You set that record for the field, which is I uh, it must be a harder thing to do because it's a black dot that everyone's shooting at. You know, versus well, the, and, and, 
Oh, and yeah. it also has the 80 yarder. It has the 80 yarder in there, the 80 yard walk up. So you're shooting the, twice, the longer distances. Twice, right? Yeah. You're shooting the 80 yarder yep. twice. So it's a higher margin yep. of error there. I, yep. didn't, I didn't even consider that. I always thought it was just the target face. I didn't even consider the distance. You know, like uh, that actually makes sense. Yeah, it's that. And then, you know, you've got the 80 yards, the 80 yarder, the 50 yarders also is it, considered a, a tough one just because of the spot size. Is a small, uh, is it not like the uh, the smallest dot for the distance? It, it, it is for yeah. the 50 yarder. Yeah. So you, you got the 50 yarder, but it, it all goes into show like, like for hunter round, for instance, that same size spot at, that you shoot in the field round, four arrows at 50 yards, mm-hmm. you shoot the 53 yard walk up. That spot is the same size. However, you only shoot one arrow at 53 yards and then you get to shoot up to 48, then up to 45, then up to 41. Right. So you're progressively getting closer. Whereas the 50 yard on that one, you got to get all four arrows in that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then on the, the 80 yard walk up, you've got, 80 yards then 70 so you're shooting the two longest distances that you would shoot at any of the field rounds or hunter round that makes sense you gotta do two of them you gotta do two of them in the field round on the hunter round you're only gonna do 70 and then what yep. like 68 or 63 or something like that right moving up yeah then you yeah then you work your way closer yeah yeah, yeah. that's really interesting i never actually considered it. i always thought it was like a, a target face type thing that people got skeeved out looking at the black dot over the you know floating around inside the white dot but it actually makes more sense that it's you're shooting much further on a field on the field faces in general. In general, now they're all you know they're all you know either and I don't they're not an even number because they actually end up being an odd number, but it's you know it's, it's a it's you know or I guess it is even and odd too because they're only at fifty yards or you're at forty five yards or eighty or seventy or sixty uh-huh. or thirty or twenty or fifteen you know yeah, whereas right. the field the hunter round is in different numbers of like. 17 19 mm-hmm. you know 11 yards stuff like that so yeah they're square square numbers generally yeah yeah so i don't know how does it feel like uh every year goes by i'm waiting for someone to break it so i'm not the only guy with broken records over here <laughs> hey I, it, 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 it'll break them it'll break i it's just a matter of time i yeah, mean it's, it, it, it just break, seems yeah. like yeah, it oh no break. it's it seems like the the scores that are getting shot nowadays are just amazing. crazy good. Aren't they amazing? They're just crazy. They're just crazy good. I don't and it's not I don't think, you know, I you could say the equipment has something to do with it, which in some ways it probably does. Mm-hmm. But I think I think what it is is everybody just keeps raising the bar. Yeah. Everybody just comes out and says, "You know what? I'm going to show you how to do this the way I you know, can do it. And yeah. then they do it. And then the next person comes along and goes, well, I'm not going to let that guy show you how to do it. I want to show you how to do it. I, I truly think that's what it is. I think someone sees like a guy like me shoot a, a 59 and then they go, oh, well, that guy's a goofball. I could beat that. You know, I could beat that goofball any day. And they go out and yeah. shoot a 60 or, or you know, a, yep. a, a, yeah, 560. So it's just like, I think that is progressively happening. And now we have it where I remember it used to be like a couple points shy of clean is out of this world. And now it's like, no, clean is is the competing score now. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, I mean, look at look at what just happened at the Outdoor Nationals in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. with uh, Gaius and Bodie. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Those two. That, you know, and and and, and look at, at, at Gaius and uh, – uh, Perkins, yeah, back to back five sixties, yeah, never been done before. Amazing, back to back. 
I mean, that's just crazy good. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, never been done before. I think, I've been saying, I think Gaius might be one of the best shooters in the world at this point. I mean, Bodie as well, of course. It's like a Bodie's a, a no-brainer. The kid's killing everything. But, you know, Gaius was like, uh, you know, he's dominating at Lancaster. Then he comes out dominates in Vegas. And then he comes out in a dominating a field. Redding, he won Redding. You know, it's just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. So... I'm very curious as to what you know what he what he's doing, and then relative to what Bodie's doing, and and all that stuff. We know what a lot of you know, like the Blake Jerome's and and those guys are doing. Like Blake's kind of got his outfit up north, and you know he's got his I want to say like an army of people that are kind of <laughs> on his kick, you know, or on his routine, I guess. But you and me, oh, I want to say you and me because you're. A, I'll I'll concede, Mark. You're a, if not a better shooter. Well, I would say you're a better shooter, but you're also more consistent, right? I I am known to have like big ups, big big downs, but you're very consistent. Um, and what do you like? What do you, you know, we've talked about this. What 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 do you attribute that to? Because you're not training four hours a day. No, oh, I I don't have the time to do that. I wish I, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. If I if I thought I could do that kind of spend that kind of time shooting, I would. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I've got a family, I've got a, a, a job, and you know, life in general. And then I also enjoy doing other things, you know, like hunting. Uh-huh. Uh Not just with a bow, but you know, with shotgun and and whatnot. So uh, you know, I, I've got other things going on. So right, I have to I have to fit in my you know, practice schedule to, to my life, or at least like what I have going on. Uh And, you know, during the tournament part of the season, which like right now is the off season, at least I consider it the off season right now. It's, you know, it's hunting season. There's, there's a few things going on. Like if you wanted to shoot some FETA style shoots, those things are happening. Uh Uh, They have the California state 900s coming up in September. Uh, And then after that, you know, they, they have some, fall and early winter shoots like the, the ham shoot and the turkey shoot at Nevada City, which are just basically just fun shoots. Just get out, have a good time, go hang out with your buddies. You haven't seen them for a while. Not too serious, you know. Um, but when it comes time for, you know, the beginning of the year, the following year, like usually in February, I mean, if you really want to start it off with Vegas, I mean, that's really when things start to kick off, at least for at least for me, uh-huh. if, if I plan on going to Vegas or doing indoor stuff, well, then I'll start shooting my indoor stuff and I'll, um, you know, spend some time doing that. You'll and start in, wouldn't you start in like November? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like November-ish. Sometime in November, I'll start, you know, we'll have a league uh, at the shop. So that's once a week. Uh-huh. Go there, sh- shoot one game, basically, and, uh, uh, you know, some practice at the beginning and then maybe we'll have, if we have to have any kind of a, shoot game at the end just to uh-huh. keep things lively. Yeah. Um, you guys rough we'll do up, that once a week. Rough up Caleb Cuiocho. Yeah, well, that kid, yeah, that, I try. I, that kid, he's, <laughs> he's fun. That kid can shoot, but I'll tell you what, that kid can shoot. <laughs> I he's know. fun. Yeah. He's fun. So I, I bought a bow that is almost identical to Caleb's <laughs> for this next year, dude. <laughs> Not even joking. Not even joking. Almost identical. I, wow. I, I was looking him up and down. I'm like, we're about the same size. You know, he's about 70 pounds lighter than me, but, uh, you know, we're about the same draw length and stuff. Maybe I'll give it a try. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, you got to do, do what you got to do. Yeah, I know, right? No matter how bad it looks. 
But, uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to get to come across is, like, in Nevada City, you were only a few points shy of Blake. You you shot Nevada City really good. I did. I had a good weekend. Even, yes. I, man, that's just that, such a humble way to put it. I had a good weekend. I mean, I came off the field feeling like a stud, and you were – I can't remember what the score I shot. I just knew – I thought, no way Mark is putting a score over me, and you were like, I think, four or five points above me. You, you were you were pretty clean on day one. Or not clean, but you were really strong on day one. And then day yes. two came around. You did good in the rain even. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I just – I feel like it's a point to be made that – you know, you're not doing the four-hour-a-day training. You know, it's not – and that's not to say that you haven't done it, something similar in the past, because there is always, like, you know, you put shots in the bank, kind of. You shoot – the more you shoot, the more you can kind of bank and know what you're doing in the future. But I kind of feel like there's something to be said about what you what you do as far as preparation to for target and, you know, competitor's mindset – what what have it you know or what have you what what, what do you think about about all no, no, it, it, it's i think at least for me is is practice and, and other people have used this term so i'm not coining this term i've heard it from someone else but it's, it's practice with a purpose right uh-huh. so okay. if if there's something you need to work on so say you're having issues with you're holding at the bottom of the spot you just can't get the darn thing to get up there mm-hmm you need to work on that. So maybe you just need to do aiming drills that day. Mm-hmm. You're just going to go out and you're going to stand there at the target. And you're just going to draw back and aim and hold it in the middle. Don't shoot the bow. Just hold it. Uh-huh. You know, and, and, and this is, and it may only be for, you may only have a half hour or an hour, whatever you have. That's what you work on. Mm-hmm. Just work on those things. Yep. But for me, like when I'm practicing now, I started the whole thing. I started, and I know you, you were talking target stuff. But the whole reason I started archery was for hunting. Oh, yeah. That was the whole, that was the whole reason. That was the whole reason I got into it. And, but I started shooting a bow and I enjoyed it so much that it kept me going out to the range. It kept me going out there to, 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 to try and better my group so that I could have a, a better chance of, of, uh, of harvesting an animal with my bow. Mm-hmm. So doing that got me into the target side of things and it got me into learning all the ins and outs of running with scopes and long stabilizers and all that kind of stuff and getting the feel of a bow. Now I'm not saying I didn't, I didn't practice four hours a day then, but I certainly spent a lot more time at the range than I do now. Mm-hmm. I would go out to the range. Probably at that time I was going out to the range, probably five days a week, probably shooting for, you know, an hour and a half to two hours. Cause I'd go after work. So I'd go for an hour and a half or two hours after work and I would shoot, but I was younger. I had more time. I didn't, I wasn't married. I didn't have, child stuff like that so i had a little bit more time so i guess that's what you could call you know putting shots in the bank because uh-huh. i was shooting then and i was learning my form i was learning my my tendencies yeah because because that's what it's all about you, you got to learn yourself and what you do and, and how you shoot um just like i know that when when i get tense or i'm in a tense situation and i'm going to try to shoot i'm my for whatever reason I'll be aiming and it'll want to aim at the bottom of the spot. Mm-hmm. Just, it just wants to sit down there. I can see the middle. I can look at the middle, but the, my pin just won't go up in. There. Mm-hmm. But I know that because I've shot enough that I've learned that. Right. So I will just add some tools, right? I'm just going to add a little bit just so that I know that when it goes off, I'm going to hit somewhere in the spot. Yeah. You're, you know yourself. 
I know myself. And that's, and that's part of, that's part of practicing is learning your tendencies. Yes. Learning. It's not just exactly because the bow is a machine. All right. You can, you can tune on that thing all you want, Mm -hmm. but the bow is a machine. If you draw it back the same every time and you release it the same every time, the arrow is going to go in the same spot every time. Yeah. Yeah, I think- so you you talk about you talk about a lot like you you've had many conversations with Austin in the past. Mm-hmm. And you talk about his giant left hair, mm-hmm. insane, but, huge left, and hair. it's just it's a huge left hair, mm-hmm. and and that's fine. And mine don't always tear super clean, but if you hold the bow the same and you shoot the bow the same every time, that left hair doesn't matter because it's going to land in the same spot at the end. Right, right. I I would agree with that, and you know I'm shooting a Hoyt now, so I have to agree with that. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know that thing that you were saying, Mark, about knowing yourself. I think that's huge, and I think a lot of people they think they know themselves, but there has to be some level of like honesty with oneself. And I think what we see with a lot of guys, at least that shoot, you know, in the nine, you know, the nine hundreds, low nine hundreds. I think the if they're not progressing, the thing that's holding them back is some level of honesty about knowing where they're weak and how to, you know, how to correct that. I would say, or, you know, maybe anyone who's stagnant in and not progressing. I kind of feel like the guys who are really honest with themselves are generally the guys that can work stuff out, you know, and progress a little bit. Would you say it's, is that no, an agreeable I, statement I, or? That's very agreeable. And I think part of that honesty is knowing that you missed, the bow didn't miss. Yes. You missed. Yeah. You did, you did something to make, the arrow missed the spot. Mm-hmm. Now you need to figure out what that was. Mm-hmm. Was it because you're nervous and you're holding low? Or was it because you were nervous and you know uh, you punched that trigger? You know what 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 was it that caused you to miss? Because right. it wasn't it. I can. It's almost guaranteed it wasn't the bow. Right. The bow is a machine. Right. It's it's your body that's 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 activating that machine, and if it doesn't do it the same every time, the arrow's not going to go in the same spot. Right. Every time. I think it's very easy for someone to, you know, write it off as equipment failure or you know, missing a yard here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, you see that a lot at, at events with new guys. Uh, generally, um, hey, you know, like I shot this event and my side tape's all like a yard low or yard and a half low. It's like, well, you know, when you get there is the perfect time to go to the practice range and make sure it's not a yard and a half low. You know, it's uh, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. There yeah, is- but it, it's not even that, Wendell. It's it's. I mean, that's part of it is, uh-huh. is knowing that, you, that your sight tape's a yard and a half low. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I, I can go to my range and I can sight my bow in, mm-hmm. and I will go. Then I will go to a tournament, and all of a sudden I'm like adding a yard. Uh huh. And the reason I'm doing that, it's not because the bow's off. It's because you're doing it's something. Be- it's because I'm doing something. Uh-huh. The bow, the bow's shooting exactly the same as it was. I'm holding it different. I'm aiming it different. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing something different than what I should be seeing, which is what I was, what I would see when I was at home practicing, you know, at the at the home archery range where there's no pressure. I'm all relaxed. Right. You know, just it's just everything's all cool and. You know, you just sit there and you aim. There's nobody standing over my shoulder. There's nobody <laughs> standing there watching for me. If I miss, it's no big deal. Right. You know, I, I, I'm just totally relaxed. Like, oh, I missed that one. Oh, well, no, no big deal. I just let's yeah. forget about that one and move on, right? Uh-huh. Whereas at a tournament, all of a sudden, it, it's like, you know, like they say at, at Vegas, this is your first scoring arrow. 
all of a sudden the heart rate goes from 60 beats a minute to 120 beats a minute. Your hand gets all, your hand gets all sweaty. You can't hold on to the release. And you're like, what the hell's going on? It's just oh. shooting my bow. Just relax. It's no big deal. Right. I hate the first scoring arrow shit, man. It, it, oh, I can't hold for my life, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, I, it's almost like you want to plug your ears while they're saying that. So you don't even hear that. Part. Right, exactly. <laughs> Jesus. Well, or what kills me is, um, you know, I feel like I get the willies out uh, in the first couple arrows. I'm like, all right, I got this. And then I realize, oh, the first six are practice arrows. <laughs> yeah. Now we're scoring. Fuck. God no. damn it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, willies are all coming back now. <laughs> that's right. Well, and, But that's part of that's another reason why we do it. As yeah. much as people as much as people will be like, oh, I just don't I hate getting nervous. Mm-hmm. If you hated getting nervous, you wouldn't do what you do. Yeah, you wouldn't compete. You just go. You go, wouldn't compete. Go play at home. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you wouldn't compete. But that's that's what we're all doing it for. We're all doing it to try to 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 deal with those demons that were that we have there to see if we can overcome it and and succeed and uh, and 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 try to shoot a great score. Yeah. And really, it's it's just like everyone says. You're competing against yourself more than you're competing against anybody else. Yeah. That's true. Because if you can learn to overcome those demons and, and shoot a score higher than your average, then all of a sudden your average is going to slowly climb. Every I'm, time you shoot a little, every time you shoot a little higher than your average, the average goes up. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree, and I, I would argue that, you know, or you know, I would guess that that what when Bodie was shooting last, you know, what two weeks ago, he wasn't. He was just shooting against himself. You know, I think that has to be a safe assumption. I doubt Bodie was out there trying to beat somebody you know i think no i think you're right i think he was he was shooting and uh and i and then i think you know although it, it does take you know you have to have some drive mm-hmm. where you want to do well yes. and i think i agree well like Bodie on that first day he was out there and he was basically he had no he, this is the first time he shot in the outdoor pro class shooting you know yeah like that within that situation so he had no uh What's the word? Uh, uh, like preconceived notions or baggage or yeah. expectations or anything like expectations. that. Expectations. He didn't have any expectations, right? He just said, I'm going to show up. I'm going to shoot my shot and see how it goes, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he did. And he shot a 660, right? Mm-hmm. A, a crazy high score, 100Xs, whatever the hell it was. It was, it was amazing. just ridiculous. It was just an awesome shoot, awesome shoot. And then if you looked at his score on the next day in the 100 round, which they, you know, that they are the, in the next round, it was a little lower. Uh-huh. Not that he was bad. He still shot super high, mm-hmm. but he got paired on the same target. Then I don't know what his first target was, but now all of a sudden he's on a target with Gaius. Who's uh-huh. All of a sudden seeing, well, now I got to step it up and shoot. I got to really pay attention and shoot great shots because now I got this kid that's throwing down a big fat score. Yeah. And so, you know, then the competition becomes against each other. I mean, if I was kind of watching it from here as best I could, you know, following it on the, that INSO yeah. The scoring page. App. Yeah. Yeah. The scoring app. And, you know, at one point, you know, those guys were, uh, were tied in the animal round. I mean, it came down to the animal round at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it went, How it close? could have went either way with those guys. <laughs> I mean, they were within two or three points of each other at the very end. Yep. Yep. Amazing. So, and I think it was, I think didn't, Gaius score better on the animal round, and I think Bodie had like an X count that carried him over. He did. That, that's what it was. It was something like the X count or something. I can't remember exactly Amazing. what it was. Or, or there was one extra animal shot. He ended up beating him by one. It was uh-huh. only beating by one. One point. 
That's amazing. Can you imagine one point counting X's? That's what's crazy. Can you imagine knowing that you are neck and neck with the champion and you have to beat them on an animal round of all faces? You know what I mean? Of all targets. Yep. Uh, exactly. Animal round must be. Oh man, that must have been brutal. I mean, yeah, it was either really brutal or amazingly fun. You know, I can only yeah. imagine. But I mean, there's other guys. If you look at their scores, if you went down the scores, I think it was Jesse Broadwater only missed one on the animal round. Correct. Broadwater lit it up on the animal. Yeah. Race. I mean, you know, it was, and that guy is just, you know, he's, that guy's just amazing. I've got to shoot with him many times, a couple of times, I should say. I know you were oh. very much in love with Jesse. He, I, he, that guy's something else, man. I'll tell you what, not only is he an awesome shooter, but he's just a great guy. Yeah. I know. And, and <laughs> you know, he, he seems kind of quiet if you just, because you, if you don't know him, he just seems kind of quiet. But when you get him on the target, he's just as much of a smart ass as the rest of us. So it's, it's just, it's fun. <laughs> It's fun. <laughs> That's cool, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, especially after this last weekend, the six, you know, the, the the 560, the perfect score is there now. Like, you know, it's not done once. It's done a handful of times. Yep. I think next year it's going to be even crazier because I think now everyone sees, okay, a clean score is not only just doable, it's – it's almost what it takes now to get to the, you know, to, to get to the dance. That's it. It's, it's, it's like, uh, I mean, I, I know you haven't, I don't think you've had, you have never, you've never interviewed Paige, have you? No. I don't think you have. No, I've asked so, Paige, but you know. Yeah. 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 She, well, she's got her, she's got a handful. She's but very busy. Just, I've listened to her talk and I've talked with her many times. Uh, but it's like what she says in the, on the female side of things. Mm -hmm. If you look at their scores, and the and how much they've progressed and how high they've gotten. I mean, it's just they're crazy good over there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, they're they're whooping on most of us guys. Are, so Paige is going to have her hands full next year because Blake's got the twins, and you know the twins are moving up, and those twins are something else. Oh yeah. I'm not. I mean, Paige is something else too. I don't want to take anything away from Paige. You know, and I do think if Paige ever wanted to come on this show, we could. We could really talk some shit about all kinds of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I know, I know Paige has her hands full because she's got all kinds of stuff going on. But oh, I mean, yeah. that girl, that girl can just flat out shoot, and she is a wealth of knowledge. And uh, she's a lot like you are in that respect, where she's a uh, really like a no bullshit uh, shooter as far as doesn't waste a ton of time getting a. You know, she did that post about her paper tear. You know doesn't really care what it looks like, you know, especially through paper, as long as it's shooting good downrange and the rest of it's on her. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what it's all about. You just, you need to shoot you. I mean, that's, again, like I said in the beginning is, is, is follow your tendencies and figure out what, where your weaknesses are mm -hmm. and try to work and just work on those. Um, I mean, like you listen to, you know, Blake, he, the way he practices, you know, it's, mm -hmm. whether it's truly four hours a day, which it very well could be, uh, I mean, that's just a lot of time behind the bow. Which, oh, I, I mean, hear, I sense some skepticism in that statement. Well, I, it's just that's a lot of that's a lot of time. And if he does that, great. It, uh, but it's just a lot of time behind the bow. I don't know if I could I couldn't spend that much time behind the bow. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, he works on things like he yes. does his blank bailing, which you know, I guess no one ever defines blank bailing to me. At least I haven't heard it yet. Mm -hmm. the, the the true definition of blank bailing. Uh huh. Because they talk about not aiming, mm -hmm. okay? That's part of blank bailing, correct? Mm -hmm. So 
But me being the who I am, even when I don't have a sight on my bow, uh huh, and I'm standing there. Line when I'm standing up. in front of a tar- when I'm standing in front of a target and I draw back and I'm looking down the string and I'm looking at the target, I'm still trying to line something up mm-hmm. and I'm aiming. Yeah, yeah. One way too. or another, I I may not be aiming with a pin, uh-huh. but I'm I'm aiming at something. So yeah. should should we actually? What's the true definition of blank belt? Should we be closing our eyes and just feeling our shot? Could be. Because I've tried that. I've tried that before. It you know to feel the shot and it's kind of a neat way to do it. Mm-hmm. But then at the other on the other the other side of things, you're thinking. Gosh, I, I don't want to shoot with my eyes closed because what if I have to stop my shot for whatever reason because yeah the cat jumps in front of my target or the the dog standing there or something like that you know you know you know or whatever <laughs> uh, you know I mean I, obviously we're only shooting you know five or ten yards or whatever your <laughs> blank veil setup is set up at so hopefully you wouldn't have that bad right. situation like that but um you know I mean even Rudy shot a hummingbird. Yeah, mean bastard. I don't you know why he shoots hummingbirds. I think he did that but, at like eighty yards too. It was like yeah, it was an I don't, why, long shot. Why is he shooting? Why is he shooting hummingbirds, dude? I mean, those things are pretty cool birds. I got them in my backyard. Yeah. I wouldn't want to shoot a hummingbird. Rudy's as even though he drives a, a hybrid vehicle, he's really anti-environment, and so I think yeah, something like that. And I think but he, anyway, he desperately wanted that <laughs> that moniker of being a hunter. So now he oh, could say yeah. he, he could say he killed something early on. You know. That's true. That's true. Which That's is what you got. More than I can say for myself. I just, I, I'm more of a hiker now these days. <laughs> well, you, you, you know, you got to do what you're good at. You, apparently, you're good at hiking. So that's good. You just keep it up. I'm actually pretty bad at hiking, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of suck all around as far as that goes. But <laughs> what you're saying about blank bailing, I totally agree with. Even if I'm not aiming at a target, if it's just a, you know, in the past, I've kept my scope on, I will still aim at like a piece of paper that's crammed yeah. into the bale just so i yep. you know have something to go on yeah just i don't put any importance on where that arrow lands i suppose but, I, I mean that i guess that's part of it but i i seem to aim and that's that's mm-hmm. what i'm trying to figure out is this true yeah. blank flailing where you completely don't aim how do you and how do you do how do you go about that so maybe next time if you end up talking with blake again mm-hmm. you could jam that question at him to see if he explain it exactly how he does his blank bailing because i'm just curious uh-huh. it's just a curious thing well, I hope Blake listens to this, and he can address it on his show now, uh, Pursuing Perfection. And uh, Yeah, well, you know, there you go. That'd be a good one for everybody because um, yeah. I, I do think shooting with your eyes closed uh, is not going to benefit you when you open your eyes and realize you have a bunch of input, you know, flooded into your brain while you're doing all it, – it's going to override everything, you know. Yeah, because I mean, you know, I get the, I get you got to have, you know, something to work on your shot so you know what it feels like, and that that does make a lot of sense. You need to know what feels right, like yes. get your draw length set. Where 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 does this shoulder sit? Where's this my bow hand sit? Where's my bow arm elbow? You know, the and then where's my release and where's my anchor point on my face? I got to feel that. I got to know that. So that becomes when you're in those high tense or high pressure situations, which. Any, any tournament, in my opinion, is a high-pressure situation, whether it be a shoot-off or not. Just yeah. shooting a tournament is different pressure than you home practice. Oh, yeah. Just shoot, just shooting any kind of tournament. You, you know, Mark, and, I only shot one outlaw in the outlaw series this year, and the one that I did shoot, oh, my God, the pressure was in- intense. Like the first, same thing, first scoring arrows. I would yeah. let down two or three times, you know? Yeah, yeah, and that's good. Because mm. you, you knew... That something was different, so you were like, "Okay, we got to we got to straighten this stuff out and try to figure out how to work through it." 
because it's not going to be the same as what you were doing at home. Correct. It never is. Uh, it, it's not going to be the same. So you, you, in order to learn and practice more, uh, is go to these shoots, go to these tournaments, as many as you can go to. I, you know what? I, I used to prescribe that a lot. And I think it's something that needs to be said again, is that a lot of people will ask, you know, should I buy X, Y, or Z? And I've always told people, save your money and go to your local tournament, you know? Go shoot, go yeah. shoot, go, go to those shoots and get on a target. And if, if it's not a quote unquote outlaw or a state championship or whatever, and it's just a, your run of the mill BC shoot 1000 B 1 million BC shoot or, a uh, the Ishi rush festival or the, uh, Redwood roundup, you know, uh-huh. whatever, uh-huh. just one of those. If you're there, I imagine you have, you have other archers that you know, or that yeah. you shoot with that might be within your same skill level. Yeah. Get with Put a dollar against it. Yeah, Put a dollar your- against it. <laughs> Put a dollar on it. It's, it's you know whatever. <laughs> just just add a little bit something to it. It doesn't have to be a dollar, a signed dollar for I, God's sake. I you think, can just do it with a signed dollar. Anything. I, I think the listeners should know that you walk around with a, a like a second second quiver pouch full of dollars. I do. Like, I actually saw. I, I saw. I saw one. I was going through my box the other day, and I came across one. Or, actually, I got a couple of of Rudy's, and Rudy always signs them. <laughs> Rudy always signs them the the Mexican. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that's a good point, though. So put some money on, yeah. it. Add some pressure put to some, it. And again, like I said, it doesn't have to be a. It doesn't have to be a hundred dollars. It mm-hmm. can be a dollar. It can be five bucks. It could be who pays for uh, food on the way home. Yeah, totally. Or something, you know, whatever. I, you but know, just make it interesting. That's a brilliant thing, Mark, that you said because I, I feel like that's kind of been overlooked now. A lot of people are they hear train four hours a day and you'll you know you'll do it. So a lot of people are just going to their you know fit and practice where they can, and then they're just waiting for the national event to come around, not knowing that that national event's going to hit them like a bus. You yep. know, and it's yep. like it truly is. Go to every event you can go to, small events, big events. That's I would say almost more valuable than just flinging arrows. Granted, you know. I'm talking about flinging arrows with no purpose at, you know, at your local range or, or, you know, just doing high volume training. I think going to these events is putting purpose right there in front of you, you know, yes. you making you walk through it. And, and the training, the training is important too. Don't, don't, don't take that away it, okay. as much as you okay. can, as much as you can train, yeah. you know, it, it, whatever time you can spend training, like going to the range and shooting or even at home, uh, in the garage, if you can set yourself up some sort of target in the garage where you're just pulling back, even if it's just an aiming drill, I would agree. Where you're just sitting in the garage and you can just, you know, put up a little dot and just pull back and aim and just hold it in that dot for just as long as you can until it starts to break down, then let down. You do that for, you know, 20 minutes or half an hour in the evenings or something, if, you know, whatever little time you can fit in because it, it's very helpful, especially during the tournament season when, mm-hmm. when you're actually looking to prepare for said tournament, whatever it might be, whether it be a, a national state or local right. tournament, whatever, whatever it is, you, you got you, you still have to train. There has to be some sort of practice. Right. And uh, that, that's how you learn your little tendencies and how you learn right. how, what feels right, what feels right, what feels wrong. Okay. Well, I can, I get behind that a hundred percent because for me, shooting the bow is what I really, you know, what tells me, 
you know, putting some some amount of volume in through the bow tells you what the bow wants and what you're doing. Tells you yes. the t- basically the tendencies, the thing that you just mentioned. Yeah. You know, but you just got to spend as, as as much time as allowable. Like I said, if 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 that is just a half an hour in the evenings that you home and you're you know you get home and you, uh-huh. you have something set up in your garage and you can just aim, even if you don't fire the bow, uh-huh. you're just holding it, aiming it, and see how it holds and aims. Yeah, that's that's going to help you. That's it's not going to hurt you. That's what I did for field nationals. Yeah, it's well, not going to hurt you. I I had um a bunch of I printed up a bunch of mini field targets and put them all over my apartment. And then I set a, a true ball release to not fire, and you know I rolled the dice that it wasn't going to fire, and then I just aimed every <laughs> night at everything, and it, yeah. it made everything easier when it came time to shoot field. Yep. So I don't know. That's you make a really good point, Mark, and I I do think, you know, I I you know I, I don't know uh, you're filling in a lot of the gaps that I'm I'm leaving here, and I think it's good that I, I've wanted to talk to you about this because. You know, I, I had Blake on, I had Sean on. They gave out some great info, you know, but I, I feel like a lot of it applied to um, a demographic that is a, like a little bit higher up on the skill level than what I've been, kind of been talking about for the past year. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I kind of feel like I've been trying to help people get from shooting a 905 to like a 912, you know? That's. That's what I feel like the archery and filtered listener is. And, and then I feel like, uh, you know, Blake and Sean are talking about going 920 to 924. Yeah, no, I mean, Blake and Sean, phenomenal shooters. Those guys mm-hmm. just, you know, they're, they're great shooters. And they are. They're, they're, they're at the upper, upper echelon of, yeah. of, of scoring capabilities, right? I mean, I keep waiting for Blake to clean a, a 42 target round. Yeah, it'll happen. Right? I, sure. I'm, I'm waiting for it to happen. Yeah. So... Uh, and it's gonna it's it's gonna happen. I mean, you you did it, right? Uh, yeah, I did. But... Okay, well, well, I'm just saying you did it, right? <laughs> I haven't done it as much as I'd like to do it. I haven't done it, right? And it's not like I don't try every time I go out to do it, but I still haven't done it. I did it at Lodi though, so it's yeah, you know, there's a little asterisk. yeah, but I I haven't done it at Lodi, <laughs> so it's not like I wasn't trying to do it at Lodi, right? So anyway, but what I'm getting at is is yes, those guys. Their their level is is up there, right? Mm-hmm. So they're trying to they're 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 talking to the people, or or at least explaining it from their viewpoint up up there, yeah. saying this is how I got to this point. Yeah, and 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 there's a lot of validity validity to that that you know the way they did things to get to that level, that's that's how they got there, and that's yeah. how they're staying there. Okay, um, but you know. Would I like to be up there with the the Bodies and the Gaiuses and everything else? Certainly, mm-hmm. but can I dedicate the time to do that? Yes, if I gave up a lot of other things in my life, which uh-huh. I find impo- which I find important to me and keeping right. me happy in my life. Right. Mm-hmm. So you just have to weigh out your your options and say, okay, well, what what in what in life is keeping me happy? I really enjoy shooting archery. Yes. Right. Okay. But I also really enjoy hanging out with my my family yeah. and doing that kind of stuff. And then, of course, work gets in the way. 
Well, you know, because that stupid, that damn work thing, you got to make that stupid money to pay for all this crap that you enjoy doing. So you got to go to work. So work always gets in the way, right? Yeah. Unlike some of which are most of my friends now are all starting to retire because I have a bunch of friends that are of age to retire. So I'm watching them out there having a good old time. Like my buddy, my buddy Randy, who's been out elk hunting for the last week. Oh, I know. And, uh, you know, all those guys are out there having a good old time because they're retired and I'm over here working going, damn you guys, oh, you know, like but, fun. but, but that's part of life and that's just part of life and part of growing. Totally. And, uh, hopefully eventually we can all get to the point where we can retire. We'll all be older, but we yeah. can retire and then we can really focus on the stuff we really enjoy. Like archery. Like, I mean, I have a whole plan of, like I'm already talking about with my wife, you know, once my daughter is of age and she goes off to college or whatever, I'll be retired. We're going to get a truck and an RV and we're going to go to the East Coast and I'm going to start shooting those 3D runs. And I'm going to start shooting, you know, different uh, tournament archery stuff and uh-huh. we'll see different sites and hunt and all that kind of stuff and that's try awesome. to enjoy that. Yeah. You know, at least that's the plan. We'll see if it all works out. But, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, I don't see myself ever not shooting archery. I know there's a lot of people that talk about, you know, uh, when you get to a certain point, you're not going to compete. You're not going to do stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I think, uh, who was it? I think it was, uh, uh, Michael Braden just says he retired from competition archery. Really? That's, he claimed it at that last ASA. So they oh, just did that, the, the big ASA. So uh-huh. he's, he's retiring from competition archery. Now we'll wow. see if that, we'll see if he's retiring like, uh, uh, you know, like Brett Favre and those guys. We'll see if he comes back. Yeah. But, um, you know, a lot of people talk about that. They say, well, you know, I, I can't compete at that higher level. So I'm going to not shoot anymore. I'm not going to compete, but I just enjoy going to these tournaments and doing whatever I can do to see if I can hang with these guys. Mm-hmm. And if I can, great. If I can't, I'm still having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. You have a good mindset, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm still having a good time. Yeah. Did, that, that mindset, did that just come from a lot of competing and shooting these events or, you reading some tapping into some kind of special book. I ain't got no special book, but it's just, <laughs> it's just, I, I, I don't know the, the people in the people in the archery community, the community are just a lot of good people. At least most, True. most all of them that I've met are good people and they're fun to hang out with. They have good stories to talk about. Even We've, dude, Blake and Sean, I, I would normally don't talk to guys like that. Cause I get shy. I get shy. They're, you know, names that they shoot. So I just, I'm like, I'm just nobody. I don't, I don't want to talk to them. They don't want to talk to me. But talking to them, like you said, they're great guys. They're great shooters, yeah, but they're great dudes on top of it. And yeah, uh, and they'll help, and they'll help you out if you ask them a question. They'll give you an answer. Yeah, yeah. They won't just push you off to the side like, "I'll oh, get out of here, you little peon. I don't need to deal with you." <laughs> you know, they'll be like, "Oh, what, what can I, what can I do to help you?" Because <laughs> yeah. and that's and that's what I try to do. I try to do the same thing. You know, if, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. There's you know, like I'll go out to my range and I'll shoot. Uh, most of the time I try to uh, run off out in the range so people can't catch me. But <laughs> if I'm at the practice range and somebody comes up and they see me shooting there and they know who I am. So they'll start asking me questions like, Hey, you know, what, what, what can I do with this? What can I do that? So I'll stop what I'm doing. You know, I'm there. I'm trying to practice. I'll be like, okay, let me see what I can do to help you uh-huh. and get you and get you on the right path. And then I'll go back to what I'm doing. But I think part of that, at least for me, me helping them also helps me, build my confidence knowing that I'm there to help other people. So that mm-hmm. should in turn help me shoot better. Right. Right. Also, you're not going to tell someone some shit that you don't know. So it, no. I think it also reinforces. Yes, this is a, this is the thing I'm doing is correct. 
Yes. I can prove it downrange. Like, bam. You know? So then it further solidifies in your mind. You're on the right track. I agree. Well, that's it. You don't want to, you're not going to tell somebody that, you know, I think this is how you do it. Dude, that happens a lot in this sport. <laughs> that happens a lot. I hear a lot of, I hear a lot of talk that has zero, an- it's a lot of Kamala Harris explanations in this game. Yeah, you know? well, and see, that's why it might, that's my question on this blank bailing thing, because I don't really know how you're supposed to do it. I think I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> Wow. I need I need some of those blank fail professionals to tell me how to actually do it right. So maybe <laughs> maybe I'll encompass that more into my shooting practice because I really don't think I'm doing it right. Ah, you won't do it. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> but even from my own friends, like you know, my homies, I will give a lot of Kamala Harris answers. You know what I mean? It's just it's it's just in the sport. It's inherent in the sport. You know what I mean? I, I yeah. think um, I think you come so far in the sport, and then it's like. It becomes difficult for some guys to just say, I have no fucking clue. And, you know, yeah. I have to say that because everyone listens to this show and everyone tells me how much shit I get wrong. Like on the like I, I just recently I said that Easton was the title sponsor for World Archery for like 40 years. That's entirely not true. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, I didn't I wouldn't know that. So I would have had to believe you. So see, you just sucked me into an evil world where you were telling me misinformation. I, I said it. And I was hoping that no one would call me on. I just assumed. But someone called me. Alex Mueller was like, hey, you are way off. I was like, well, I told him. I was like, you know the show. It says, this is a t- this is a 20X game at best. 20X 300 game at best. <laughs> <You know? laughs> or a high X count 299. So, yeah, uh, there you go. Mark, right now, uh, about how many hours? I know this is hunting season, but like, say when, uh, you know, it, let's just dial it back to in the height of the outlaw season, right? About how many hours a day were you practicing? Hour and a half. Hour and a half. Not a day. Not a, not a day though. I would just I would shoot probably three days a week uh-huh. for about an hour and a half. Hour and a half, two hours. And and that seemed sufficient to pr- to make progress, right? I, I wouldn't even say that's not maintenance practice. You you were making progress because your scores at the end of the season were a little higher than at the beginning of the season. Yeah, but I was also going to a tournament every weekend. Mm. So I was putting so I was putting myself into those pressure situations every weekend. Yeah, that's true. You're also a guy that doesn't change equipment between events, right? You you pretty much roll in one setup the whole the, the whole, whole season. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Once I get it once I get it set in the beginning, uh, like I'm working on I got a couple bows that I'm working on right now that I just put strings on. Uh-huh. And uh, I haven't because I, I haven't really shot my target setup since uh, the state field. Really? Yeah, because I had those I had those issues that morning of the first day of state field when my serving came came undone. Oh, that's right, that's right. Mm-hmm. Was, and I had a big train wreck there at the practice range, and yeah, and then my release turns out my release was was bad too. So I got I had to send that. I had all kinds of bad stuff happen just on that shoot alone. I know that was very lucky for me. Yeah. It so was, anyway, it's uh, like God answered all my prayers all at once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a rough go that morning. I, was, I almost didn't shoot that day, but everybody kept giving me stuff to fix my bow. I was like, "Damn it! Now I have to fix it and shoot." <laughs> Damn it! Uh, well, guys, said a serving's gone. Like, Someone's like, "I got serving material." Ah, yeah. Okay, so the fuck. next thing I, I did, I had to reserve my truck right there next to my pickup. Reserve it. Oh, yeah. anyway. Um, <laughs> but now I've got those two bows. I've got. I've got two bows that I've got new strings for, and I just I just started working on them like the other day. Uh-huh. Put the strings on, set the knocking point, 
just shot a few arrows through them. I haven't put the peeps in them at all yet or nothing like that. So yeah, I'm just going to, I got just going to play with them a little bit and then one of them will be set up for indoor and one will be set up for outdoor. Nice. Nice. I know you put, you really so, like those dirty gas strings. Yeah. Oh, and now I got the end. Both those, those are set up with the fucking Jesse Broadwater <laughs> strings, baby. Oh yeah. Oh, you know it. <laughs> I don't know how much of that, that. When you told me that you were all about those strings, I thought it could be one of three things. All right. It's like one. All right. It's because he loves Jesse. All right. It could be that two. It could be, he's giving me a strong middle finger. <laughs> or three well, could just be they're good strings <laughs> well I, I i think they're good strings i think i i th- i personally think they're good strings because i haven't had any issues with my gas bow strings uh-huh. um i i put them on and that so that bow that i shot for state field uh-huh. that bow that set of strings was two years old Holy that was the that that set of strings is two years old and that center serving was the, the original center serving that came with the bow when i when i or came with the String when I bought it. Oh my god, that's not the bow you shot for indoor. You know, remember we shot indoor nationals in Sacramento. No, that was a different. No, I shot that was the other bow that had a three-year-old string on it. That had an old set of strings, also. Yes, that had the like three-year-old strings on it. God yes. Damn. Well. Yeah. If this isn't an advertisement for gas bow strings, and, and I'm not, and, and, and I just so everyone knows, I am not sponsored by gas bow strings. I pay full retail price for gas bow strings. I, well, I'm not. There you go. I'm not in that. I pay full retail price for them, people. All right, Eric Griggs, I'm going to publish this podcast. I hope we're cool now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, but no, I mean, I, I really do like them. They, they, they've done well for me. I got them on my hunting bow. Um, so, and I just had another buddy of mine. He called me up and he's got an older Matthews bow and he's looking for a new set of strings. And I was like, hey, check out these gas strings. And sure enough, he went and bought them. So, yeah, they're industry standard easy yep no like i said it's it's a good string it's a really good string yeah um and, and and i'm not saying that the the abd strings are bad i'm not saying that i will yeah <laughs> i'm not saying that any strings are bad i'm just <laughs> saying that i i have a tendency to like the gas strings because i haven't had any issues with them mm-hmm. and they seem to last well for me yeah so that makes sense uh, yeah and i'm working on a new two new sets right now and and part of that is I do like the strings, but then also giving you the middle finger every once in a while. <laughs> oh, dude, strong, <laughs> strong middle finger. Um, <laughs> well, all right, Mike, I don't want to take up your whole day. I know you got stuff to do. I just I had one last question for you is um, how do you practice? I'd imagine you practice similarly, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. But how do you practice for field and how do you practice for safari? Okay. Well, for field, since for field, you know, it's all for me anyways, because I'm, I'm shooting in the pro class. It's all about X's. Yes. So I have to work on the X game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I need to actually practice on field and hunter faces that okay. have X's. Uh-huh. So I, when I'm practicing for that, I'm out there shooting at those particular faces and oh. I'll go out to the range because I have, because I have access to my archery range, not my archery range. The club, okay, that's it's I work in Davis. The club is in Davis. It's like ten minutes from my work. Uh-huh, it's actually it, the Yolo Bowman, yeah. Yolo Archery Range. Yeah. It's if I was and I live in Woodland, so even if I'm going from my house to the archery range, it only takes me a half an hour to get there. Mm-hmm. So it's not that far away. So it's really convenient for me. I can go out there, my normal practice schedule is after work, I get off work about four o'clock in the afternoon, I head straight over to the range. I'll walk straight out to like the first target on the one of the either the north side or the south side of the field or the hunter side mm-hmm. for 14 targets. And I'll stand at the first target and shoot maybe 
you know, a dozen arrows and then start scoring after that. Uh-huh. And, just do and, quick and, and actually quick I'll do a quick warm up. I'll do a quick warm up because I, I figure I have time. If I don't have enough time for a quick warm up, I'll walk up and just start scoring right away. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's important to score right. when you're practicing. I agree. It's very important to score. Uh, and, and, and not don't cheat your score. Don't go, oh, well, that shot wasn't that good. I'm not going to count yeah. that. Or one. let me take one more. We'll do this one no. over again. Yeah. Just shoot the just shoot the game. Yeah. Whatever the game is, you shoot it. Now, I do that for field. So I'll go out there and like I said, I, I try to go out when it's tournament season, I try to get out there at least three days a week. Mm-hmm. So it could be like Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday or something like that, or Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You know, it just depends on how my schedule. I can't go on Tuesdays because that's Taco Tuesday at home, so I have to make tacos for the family. So Tuesday, Tuesdays I have to come straight home because I got to get tacos ready. So anyway, uh, but then on the weekends, of course, if it's during that time, you know, come February, you know, March, there's almost a there's a there's a there's a shoot somewhere, just about every Sunday. Yes, correct. So I'll meet you know and you know the like some of you the listeners know because some of you guys know me and know everybody knows Wendell. Um, we, there was a group of us that just run around and just happens to be wilderness archery on our Jersey. And we're, you'll see us because we have pretty distinctive archery shirts mm-hmm. and we're at most every one of the tournaments. Yeah. So and we all go out there and we have a good time. And it, I can almost guarantee you that there's some sort of side bet going on somewhere. Yeah. So those of you that are listening, if you want to better your archery skills and you want to throw some money at it, and I'm not trying to pull hustle you because Wendell will say, I'm trying to pull hustle money out of you. Oh yeah, that, you are, but it's okay. But if you just want to, if you want to get in and on some sort of game, we do, sometimes we'll do a blind draw, uh, team shoot. So it could be anybody that wins, which is kind of fun. That's less, but it just, that's less hustling. It, yeah. That's less hustling. And that way I, I don't feel like, you know, yeah. you guys think I'm trying to take your money cause I'm not, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm having fun. I really am. I, I go out there to have fun and I hope people learn stuff and, and enjoy. And I really do as much as I don't want to get beat. I actually do like it when some certain people step it's, up and it's and and win and they're like damn you can look at him you can see the look on their face like fucking hey i won mark it's really, like damn right you did really are one of the guys that is happy for people who do good i know a lot of guys that are, if you shoot better than them, they're like nah fuck you i mean i'm one of those guys dude but when someone shoots good you're like hey there you go and you give them a pat on the back you know yeah well that's because that's what they're trying to do See, and, and it's an accomplishment, and that's that's just going to build confidence in them. And then, of course, at the same time, it's going to make me go, all right, well, I can't let that fucker beat me next time. <laughs> when you do that to Caleb, when you say, I right, go get him, Caleb, I'm like, oh, yeah. he's giving that kid extra <laughs> confidence that I don't that's need right. him to have. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know, it, 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 he was chasing me on all those indoor leagues. His dad came and talked to me, and he goes, Mark. He, Caleb just couldn't handle it anymore. He, you just kept, you just kept beating him and beating him and beating him. And he finally just says, "I gotta beat him. I gotta get him." <laughs> and he did, and he did, and I was proud of that kid. It's great. Me too. You know that uh, Caleb's a kid that works at it. You know that, and that's a uh, lot to be said about his work, work ethic, and what he does to get it going. I, I'm just happy yep. to. I think I tied him in Nevada City. Now, on day one, and I think I got him by like a point or two on day two. I was making a big deal about it. But, yeah, well, because you, you, ha- you have to when you can. You got to rub it in every once in a while. Oh, I yeah. say on those young kids like that because they're going to come. <laughs> they're they're only going to get better. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, fortunately so. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, so anyway, let's see what we were, so just getting back to finishing up with the question yeah, you had. Yeah, so pre prepping for the, field, you're shooting for X's. Prepping for field, like I said, I I'll try to practice. And like I said, I'll try to get an hour and a half to two hours in. So from four to about six mm -hmm. is usually when I'll try to shoot. And then I come home to be with the family. Uh -huh. Um, and that's if it's a hundred degrees outside or not, I'm still there shooting. It doesn't matter. I got, I, you still got to get some of those reps in. So you got to shoot, uh -huh. um, for safari. Now for shooting safari, I shoot at the orange dots. Now I used to, I, I print off dots or like this last, uh, last year I bought some, uh, stickers from Antero. Uh -huh. He's another, he's another archery, uh, shooter. That's he shoots out of Lodi, mm -hmm. uh, super nice guy. And he's, I don't know. He's got one of those machines that cuts out the circle. So he was making these fluorescent stickers. You can stick them on the paper and then stick them up on the target. So I'll take this target size for that at my range. It's not my range at the archery range. No, we call you. Uh, That's okay. So I'll, I, I'll go put them on pieces of paper and then I'll just go out and I'll put them on the target so that I can also just walk the range mm -hmm. and I'll have the right size spot for that target distance. The furthest distance it's on that uh, target. Right. And uh, so that I can practice shooting at the orange dots because the orange dot doesn't have an X in the middle. Yeah. Pinfold. So you have to, you have to, you have to figure out where the middle is and you have to learn how to look at the middle of that thing mm -hmm. and still let it dance around. And then of course, orange dots just look different than a white or a black dot. Right. Right. I, so, I, I feel like your pin float changes ever so slightly. It, it, it's just a different look. It's just a different look. So you got to get used to it. And I'll do the same it's the same practice schedule, like I said, I'll, for me anyways, uh -huh. is trying to get out there for an hour and a half or two hours of shooting, and that's shooting for score. Uh -huh. Again, like I'll go out there, and if it's a uh, at the, at YOLO, I'm shooting like a round of 14, or if I can, if I think I have enough time to do all 20, all 28, I'll just shoot three arrows and race around there and do 28, or I'll just do three arrows at 14, you know, of the 14. Uh -huh. whatever, and Whatever you fit in. Whatever I can fit in. But each, each, but it's a score. I'm scoring them. Mm -hmm. I'm scoring them. Gotcha. And I'll know at the end of the day, I'll be like, well, uh, I, you know, shot this today or I shot that today, and let's see if we can do better next time we come out. You know, Mark, it, there's a lot to that because when I was prepping for uh, the state field, I was shooting scoring rounds before I, you know, before going to work, and that was the thing that I thought was giving me the biggest benefit was shooting at four score. And whatever that score is, God damn it, that's you. That's you for the day. You know that is. Yep. Yep. Exactly. That's uh, it. Let me ask, Mark, for field, you you run a four power lens still? Uh, I actually run a. It's a five. It's a five the power whatever lens? the yeah the six point two. What is it? Six point two five or whatever, mm -hmm. or point two point six two five or whatever diopter. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I've heard some people say that you know they want to run a little higher than a four power for field. So that they can dial in on the X, at least for the the pro class in in particular. I, I run the five. I I used to run a four, then I ran a five, then I ran I ran a six. I I I've run an eight, like indoor, uh -huh. playing just playing around. Uh -huh. um, but I always seem to go back to that five because for me it's the kind of the middle ground, uh -huh. um, and I use it for everything. That, that setup sense. is it shoots for field, it shoots for safari. It shoots for everything. That the only sense. thing that the only the only thing that I'll do different is like indoor is I'll put a big dot on on my scope. Uh huh. Yeah, that's right. You're I a big put a big I, yeah. I put the big dot on there oh. just because that way it's it's just perceived as less movement, uh -huh. so I can get so I can get through that 
shot on the back end. Are you using like a quarter inch dot? Or I don't know how big it is. Oh, I don't know how big it is, but when I when I hold it up, dot. when I'm, it's a big dot. When I hold it on the uh, for indoor, when it's over the yellow, I just see I just see a thin sliver of yellow around the outside of that dot. And no clarifier. I don't see. I don't. Yeah, there's a clarifier, and I think it's the it's the Hamsky B. Okay, gotcha. I think it's the B clarifier, Good but I, I think on my but on my indoor scope, it's the it's the eight power with the big, like I said, with the big spot mm-hmm. or the big dot on it. Uh-huh. And like I said, it covers it covers most of the yellow. Like I'm not seeing I'm not seeing the ten. I'm not seeing my holes. Uh-huh. It's just covering most of the yellow, so it just fills up all that yellow. I just see a small ring of yellow around the outside if it's centered right, uh-huh. and and I just pull through and hope that it goes in the middle. Interesting. I know a lot of good shooters throw the big dot on so that they're not influenced by their holes, you know, by past, you know, well, it, past shots. It, it's not just the holes. It, it also depends on what your, what your float looks like. If true, you've got a really, true. if you got a really crazy float, you yeah. know, you might get a little nervous, especially with indoor. I mean, indoor makes you, it's the ultimate nerve game because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's 20 yards. And if you want to win, you better not miss. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, you know, if you, if that little, that little dot's just bouncing around everywhere inside that yellow. You're seeing it go from the ten to the nine, to the ten to the nine, to the ten to the nine. Yeah, it's gonna that can a, really mess with you. And put a huge hiccup in your process there. Yeah, that can really make it hard for you to get the bow to go off on the back end, or you'll have a tendency to want to just hammer that thing. Which, which for some true. people, true. they can they they know how to hammer. Yep, they can they Brandon. can punch it. Yeah, Brandon. Uh, to, you know, Kyle Douglas, yeah. uh, J- Jimmy Lutz. Oh, uh, my God. We just, you know? I just watched Jimmy Lutz in that last World Archery event. Just finger punched the shit out of so, Yeah. And it was yeah. – they all went in, you know? Yep. But it was hey. – you know, I, I think uh, a couple years ago, if you showed that to, you know, whoever the authority was on how to shoot, they would, you know, they would well, probably keel over th- yeah, I mean those guys all punch, and, and you know uh, Mikey uh, Schorcher punches. What? You, you 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 never watch him? I've seen him. I've seen him. <laughs> never watch him. No, <laughs> you watch him. It's it's a it's a deliberate hit. Boom. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I I thought, and then you'll see him have his little hiccups. Like yeah. Poor guy at, at, at the end. It's always the last arrow of the last end yeah. or whatever it is, and he'll have his little hiccup. Poor guy. The, the hiccups look like a, a clear sign that there's some punching going on, but. Oh yeah, I always thought he was yeah. real smooth on the release. Well, I mean, he is smooth. He's a smooth puncher. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, he makes it work. It works for him. There's no problem with it. Like I said, I started off as a puncher. It used to work for me too until mm-hmm. it didn't. Yeah. yeah <laughs> once it, and then once it didn't, I had to get away from it. Right. And now you're a sweet hinge guy. Oh, now I like the hinge. I had one more question for you, Mark. I'm sorry, I don't want to take up your whole day. No, no, it's fine. Go ahead. Did you do the shot IQ program? Uh, I, I did. I do it. Mm-hmm. I listened. I listened to. Yes, I listened to it. Okay. Okay. Uh, how like how much of that do you, do, do you go through, and how much of that do you? I'm about to try it, and I've heard uh, Doug Rosen told me, "Ah, eh, you're not going to learn anything you don't already know." You know, and so I believe there. You know, that might be true. There might be something in it that you know maybe Doug or whoever didn't gel with them and maybe that's something I, I feel like it's there's going to be something in it that you have to commit to that's like you know i don't know not controversial but just hard to commit to is it what did you think about that program and you know i'm not cutting a commercial for shot iq i've got no affiliation with joel 
you know. Yeah, neither do I. Neither do I. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he, he goes over a lot of stuff. It's true. You, he, he's going over everything you probably already know. Mm-hmm. But what he's telling you is, is is just a different way to look at it. Okay. Okay. Different. It's just a different. It's just a different thought process. Okay. Is what you're going through. Okay. Gotcha. So it's 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 almost a backwards thought process of the way it uh-huh. has always been talked about and always been taught. Mm-hmm. So for uh, let's see. So for somebody like, for instance, Bodie, mm-hmm. okay, who was from the very beginning taught this process, mm-hmm. like he was never shown the other way of learning things. Like that's all he knows is what he learned from his dad. Mm-hmm. So, and it, and it works for him because that's what, that's what he learned. So he has no outside influence of, you know, learning it the other way, the way that we were all taught, you know, about concentrating, you know, the whole conscious mind and the subconscious mind and learning how all that stuff works together and how it doesn't work together. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you can only have one conscious thought at one time. And you can, and, but your subconscious can handle a, a billion different things going on in your brain, right? Uh-huh. So part of the shot IQ thing is, is, is basically taking that, your conscious thought, and that is your focus on, instead of what, like we've all been taught, is consciously aiming, right? Uh-huh. And letting your, and letting your subconscious take care of the back end. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's a pull through, it's going to shoot, 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 right? Uh-huh. Where, as you'll see with the Joel stuff, it's more of, it's almost like a complete reversal of thinking there. Interesting. Where you aim, and now you quit thinking about aiming because your brain's going to aim. Uh-huh. It's just going to do it. Now, you need to start thinking about just just keep it moving. Keep yeah. it moving. Keep, keep it moving. The, keep the you, moving. You know, keep the, keep the release moving. That's your conscious thought. Keep the release moving. Keep the release moving. Yeah. So, but it, it, you need to listen to it. You will, get, you will get stuff out of it. There's nothing that you won't. You, I... I no matter what you do, there's so many different ways of looking at uh, archery and how the functions work of everything that you can do. Listening to Lanny Basham, you know, or reading his book with winning in mind or listening to uh, Terry Wendell uh-huh. or, uh, or, or Bernie Pellerite, um or Joel Turner, all those guys, all their information is usable. Right. Every, everything there is, is useful. Uh, you just need to learn how you can use it mm-hmm. to better your, to better your skills. Yeah, I agree. I agree. A- anything can be used to better, to better us. Is if we, uh, we just got to get on it and look it over and see what applies, what sticks. Yeah. But, and, and we always talk about this. We talk about shooting and, and practice and everything else. And one thing that uh, gets overlooked a lot is your mental practice. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and I know you were talking with Sean about it and Sean's, you know, he's deep into the psychosis of everybody's mind now because, uh-huh. you know, he talks about, you know, I mean, he's got to went to school for that kind of stuff. So, you know, um, but it's true that the mental focus is something that you can work on that you don't have to be at the range. Uh-huh. You can work so- on that. You can work on that when you're in traffic on the freeway. Is that something you can you work do, on? Mark, you visualize? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh I visualize. Sure I do. Yeah, yeah, and I do it when I'm driving down the freeway, mm-hmm. right? I, I got nothing else to do. And, you know, if I, if there's no there's no archery unfiltered podcast list to because they never come out very often, so <laughs> I got I got my mind wandering, so I have to listen to do something. So I'll think about archery, right? But Whoa. no, really, it's it's something that you can work on 
when you're driving in the car or uh-huh. you're sitting at the in the drive, whatever. You know, you're just you don't have anything going on at the moment. You just start thinking about, oh, right. What's what's it look like to have a good shot? You can visualize that in your head. What's what's my what's my target acquisition look like? Where, where's that pin? Look at that pin. The pin's just sitting there. What am I thinking about? I'm just just going you know, through feeling it. my back. I'm feeling my back muscle pulling around. I got my hand, my my grip filled. You know, you just let it work. Let it go through that. Yeah. Visualize everything. Let it go through. See, and that explains I, to me why you're so dangerous. It is another one of these things as a competitor. I never would have t- taken you as a guy that that did that, you know, that did visualization. But now I know you're. There's not a moment where you don't have a free moment. You're not getting better at this game somehow. Well, you gotta you gotta work on that. You know your your weaknesses, and that's part of it. Is the mental game is mm-hmm. is a huge part of this whole thing, and part of that is going again to as many of these archery shoots that you can go to, because your brain is going to react differently when you're in pressure situations mm-hmm. i can i can be just chilling in the car just thinking about how great a shot's going to feel and how what it's going to look like and everything else and then now i'm standing there and it's come down to me and wendell and we got a dollar on the line and i got to hit this spot and wendell's going to hit the spot so i and i know wendell can hit it so i got to make sure i hit it better in the middle so how am i going to make that happen mm-hmm. so now I, my nerves are up everything's up and i got to learn how to yeah try to focus in my mind okay focus on How's my grip feel? How's everything feel? Does it all feel right? Pull through, just aim, aim, boom, and just goes off, yeah. right? Clean, and that's shot. Yeah. just beautiful shot. And then you can at the after that shot goes off, whether it hits or not, you're like, hey, I made the best shot I can make right there. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know. Yep. It's, there was nothing more I could have done. Right. And it, it's, I did everything I could do to to be successful in that moment, whether going, whether it worked or not. Going back to the very beginning, it's just you versus you. You know, are you yep. gonna do the thing? The way you want to do it, you know. That's right. That's right. Ah, it's brilliant, Mark. You're brilliant, dude. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but well, I have fun. You're the king. I have fun. You are the king. <laughs> I know that. You know they're not going to. They're not going to give you the individual belt buckle, but maybe they'll melt you down a crown or something. You can walk around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you, it's awesome, Mark. I, I can honestly say that you're something that a lot of us. Uh, guys strive to be like and it's not I, th- I think a lot of people don't consider the fact that one of the things that's really uh, one of your strengths is your endurance it's just in the sport alone like the you're that competitive endurance you have so you got- and, and, and I'm not quitting anytime soon either so you know I, I might I'm moving to the senior class mm-hmm. which is you know that's great but I ain't quitting I'm good. gonna keep going good I'm, I'm 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 still gonna keep fighting out there I'm gonna have some fun I might just start identifying as uh, one of the olds and then maybe I'll I'll, I'll join <laughs> well, you that that's one of the things and I, I talk about what this is other people because you always talk about how you're old uh-huh but you're really not old Wendell you're in your 30s dude I know. hey hey I'm one of the I'm one of the old guys I'm I'm leathery you, I've been you, around the block I, you know, yeah I was here in the I'm not even in the beginning. <laughs> no, you're not old there, my friend. You're still, you should still be, you're still well within the, 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 the killer range. You're going to keep pounding and you're going to keep pounding. Oh, well, thanks buddy. I really, I really appreciate that. That's one of the things that I strive for now is um, just longevity in the sport, you know? Well, it has to be fun. And it's I just hope fun. everybody understands. I hope everybody understands that. Don't, don't think that if, if you're going to be completely serious about this and that's, that's all that it's going to be. Yeah. I think you're going to get burned out real quick. Yeah, don't let it turn into work. Yeah, it, it's got to be fun. You got to have a good time. You got you got to be able to go and 
separate the the competitive side of it. Like when you go to uh, Vegas, and yes, when you go to Vegas and you're standing on that line and shit gets real, real uh-huh. fast, uh-huh. right? When you're trying to shoot your three arrows, when you step back off that line, you need to learn to shut it off. Yeah, you've got to, You've got to shut it off and look over at whoever else is on your target with you and try to bullshit with them about anything other than the archery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because. Yeah. Otherwise, you're you're you're, you're going to be so exhausted by the end of the day because your brain is so tied yeah. up in stress that, that it's not fun anymore. I, and so you have to have a good time. In Vegas, I was on the line. There's a guy at the bail next to me, and he was just making gay jokes the whole weekend. <laughs> and I was just – at some point, I was like, God damn, this is exhausting. But the dude had the same, like, energy all the way up to – and then you, you wouldn't believe it. He was right next to me in the Lucky Dog shoot-off. And it's no. same fucking gay jokes, and I was just like, God <laughs> damn it. Jesus. But he's saying it was that, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be gay jokes, but that guy had the the key to, to taking the edge off, which was, do so, you know, when you come off the line, his mind is going to, what kind of terrible joke can I tell, you know, to, you know. Yeah, any, it's just, it, it doesn't have to be a terrible joke. It could just be anything, just bullshitting about whatever. Yeah, yeah, anything, anything. And that goes with not only Vegas, but it goes with any of the tournaments that you go to. When you step up to the line, that's when it's time to get serious. Yeah, that's Walk up to the time. line, you address the target. Okay, now it's, what did I train for? What did I try to do? What was I thinking about? What was my mental aspect of the game? How's, you know, how's everything feeling? Is the wind blowing? What's the target read like? You know, you're going through all of the stuff about yes. how, to, how to best hit the middle of that spot. Mm-hmm. Then once you shoot your shots, whether it be one shot, two shots, four shots, whatever it is, you do that, you turn around and walk off the line, you need to just shut it off. Mm-hmm. Because if, if you keep carrying that same thought process where you're like, oh, my God, I gotta, now I have to make sure that the next target I'm focused on this, this, and this. Uh-huh. You're good. Halfway through, you're going to be exhausted. Yeah. There's, there's no way you're going to finish. You're, you're not me- gonna. mentally exhausted. Yeah, you're not going to finish. Yeah. I'd agree, man. I'd agree. Well, Mark. Well, good. Dude, you got me all. We made it to an hour and, a, and 20, dude. I really uh, I appreciate it, Mark. Oh, okay, cool. This is a good one. A good All one. right, good. I've been wanting to get you well, back on ever since I, you know, I chicken shit it on the on the first interview. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> well, thanks, man. I really appreciate it, Mark. I think all the listeners will be super jazzed to to hear you. Well, cool. Well, like I said, hopefully everybody gets out there and just enjoys it. That's what it's all about. We're we're doing it for fun, right? I mean, I don't think I don't know. I mean, I know people that are doing it, making a living. But yeah. I'm not. I'm not doing it to make a living. I actually have a job. Yep. Same. So I have to actually work. So and same. I know you do. And and most all of my friends are the same way. We're doing it to have fun. But at the same time, we still like to see who can beat who. Yeah. Or who has or who? Or I shouldn't say who can beat who, but who can end up with the highest score at the end of the day. We're also, even though we work the nine to five, we're still trying to shoot the best we can possibly shoot. Also. That's right. So. And so and the, and if anything gets if anybody gets anything out of it is. Put in the time that you can put in mm-hmm. because don't don't stress about like thinking that if I don't put in X amount of hours a day, I'm never going to get better at this. Correct. That That's not true. Correct. You put in whatever time you can afford to put in to, yeah. to pursue your passion of archery, if that's what it is. Mm-hmm. If you- you're just trying to if you're just trying to get better and you can only put in a half an hour a day or a half or a half an hour every other day or an hour and a half every three days, whatever, do that. Yeah. And feel, and feel good about it and work on, go out there with a purpose. Don't just go out there to fling arrows. You go out there with practice in mind. You yeah. go out there, whether you write it down today, I'm going to work on 
my release hand, or today I'm going to work on my bow grip, or today I'm going to work on my aim. Even if you just write it down, I don't write it down, but uh-huh. just saying that if that's what helps you stay focused on what you need to do to work on it, then do it. Right. But whatever time you can afford to do it, that's, that's what you can do. Mm-hmm. Yep. And don't think that you're out of it if you can't do more than that. No, not, not at all. Just not be, at all. be smart with practice and, and get out there and, and get it. That's right. That's right. Well, cool, man. Well, thank you, Mark. Yep, buddy. All right. Well, hey, you have a good one. Yeah, you too, man. Good luck. Uh, you know, what are you practicing? Are you shooting foam targets or what? Uh, well, I'm shooting my hunting bow, so I got to go out. Like tomorrow, I'll go. Uh, I'll probably go to the range tomorrow with my hunting bow and go shoot some broadheads. You shoot I rubber deer. Uh, go what, shoot some. What broadhead yeah. are you shooting? Just for shits and giggles. Uh, right now, I got the severs. I'm shooting the severs. How they the expandables. Fly? Those fly good. Oh, they they fly really good. Really, yeah. I've heard good yeah, stuff about severs. Yeah, they fly really good. I haven't taken an animal with one yet because I'm kind of new to the sever thing. But mm-hmm. uh, hopefully, here in about a week and a half, I'll be able to come back and say that I did. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> well, yeah. Good luck to you, Mark. Break me off a piece. All of right. De- break me off a piece of that mule deer. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right, buddy. Thanks, Mark. Yep. Thank you, Wendell. All right. Take care, buddy. All right, you too. Bye. Bye.